Welcome to the Ole Law Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that discusses, among other issues, technology, the internet, social media, privacy, data protection, cyber crimes, how they interact with us, and how they interact with the law. I am your host, and my name is Mugambi Laibuta. On this episode, I have a guest, Kale Makanda, an advocate of the High Court of Kenya, commercial law expert, banking expert, and senior partner at MNO Advocates. Karibu Bona Makanda. Thank you, Mr. Mugambi. It's my pleasure once again to meet with you and for inviting me to this podcast. Sante, Karibu Sana. Now, today we want to discuss an issue um, that has been in Kenyans' minds for the last decade or so. Banking has migrated uh, online. Uh, it has made it easier. You don't need to go to an ATM. You don't need to go to a bank. Uh, banks have come up with applications. You can transact your business online on their, on their website. But it has also come with um, challenges. Now, as, as a banking expert, how would you analyze the last 10 years of migration from, um, from the manual kind of banking to now that we have uh, e-banking i think everybody else out there has uh, has an app on their phone or on their bank what has been your assessment of uh, this situation obviously yourself and myself are in that generation that has seen uh, the transition of banks from the booklets that they used to have and papers into online banking and i mean i have to say that it's been an exciting prospect i know the younger generation wouldn't know where the bankers banks have come from but for people who've experienced uh, both worlds it's it's been a very interesting prospect uh, most if not all banks now uh, have moved online and i mean the customers have been the beneficiaries of all this now let's talk about the policies and uh, strategies before we talk about the kind of complaints uh, customers have had uh, over, over, over quite a, a long time. So before a bank really decides to go online, what kind of policies do they or strategies do they put in place? Is, just, uh, is it just about coming up with an app or knowing ah, bank, bank AB uh, now has an app, we also need an app. What is the kind of uh, thinking behind uh, that strategy? No, so now before a bank obviously decides on which route they, need, they want to take in terms of uh, online banking and in terms of the apps that they want to use uh, for payment services to their customers, they have to put in place uh, an IT security policy. And, you know, the, the Central Bank of Kenya, which is the regulator in the industry, uh, has issued guidance notes on um, cyber security for banks and the banks have to comply to those notes. They were issued maybe about four, about five or so years ago, and then uh, they are they are always keep keep on being updated on what the banks have to do in terms of their senior managers, staff who are handling IT staff, uh, the board of directors, and the relationship between the bank and third-party service providers. So the policies are normally very comprehensive in place, and the policies will generally show what the role of the senior management is, the staff, the IT staff who are handling the banking the day-to-day -day work the internal auditors the external auditors the risk department and the relationship with the central bank and third-party service providers so i mean uh, so you're talking about the central bank i mean j just take us through again what exactly is the role of the central bank in, i mean does the central bank uh, for example approve the app approve migration uh, uh, online so central bank has a very huge role in the banking industry and for any major activity in the banking industry especially outsourcing of services because you understand very few banks if any develop their systems in, in uh, internally most of the systems are acquired from third-party providers you the, all the all the third-party contracts have to be notified to central bank and central bank has to approve some of the contracts and then two 
Uh, Central Bank, of course, approves all the senior staff in the banks. So including, uh, you know, the head of IT, who will generally be the, like, the default person in the technical side of that department. So the Central Bank will do uh, a bit of vetting to find out whether that person has a, a record that, you know, is tainted because this is very sensitive. And, and then after that, it does regular audits, you know, for, for some banks, it's yearly, for some banks, it's maybe biannually, but Central Bank supervises everything that those banks have to do. Oh, okay. That, that, that is interesting. That is um, uh, good to know. Now, let's go to the customer because the discussion today uh, is about uh, the customer. Um, in, in your experience working in this uh, banking sector, what common mistakes do customers do when carrying out online banking, whether it's uh, using the app or logging into the banking portal online? So there, there are a few mistakes that customers make. One is, of course, sharing of credentials, login credentials. Uh, we are in an African society where people trust each other a lot. And, you know, there have been a lot of cases where, you know, for instance, a father or a mother has given credentials to their child and the child has uh, wiped money from the bank account. Uh, those are, that is the main mistake, you know, sharing of credentials. No, no, let's, I mean, that, that, that is very common. So, so now what do you do? A, ma a mother has shared the credentials, let's say, with, the, uh, with, one, with, with a son or a daughter and they wipe out the account. So what options does this mother have now? Uh, short of reporting the child to the police, there's nothing on the bank's side that the bank can do. But, the, you know, if you give out your credentials willingly to a third party, I doubt even the police have any role to play apart from, you know, just, you know, social, uh, uh, you know, excommunicating your child from your house. <laughs> but it's, it's, there's really nothing that parents can do. And that is a very common thing, you know, parents being skimmed by their children, uh, spouses being skimmed by their, their, their spouses. That's very common too because, you know, people trust each other, uh, each other too much and many, maybe, which is a good thing though, I mean, for relationships to thrive. But <laughs> what then happens is that uh, some, you know, I've, see, I've encountered a few cases and one recently where, uh, you know, a lady came to me and like, you know, I gave, I gave this guy my credits to my account online and this guy has wiped out money from the account and she's wondering, what do I do? Now, 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 um, you talk about the voluntary, I mean, I give you my credentials, login, transfer this amount of money. But now what about when now uh, cybercrime checks in? I mean, uh, for some reason, somebody can track how I'm interacting online. Uh, they get to know my passwords, etc. Uh, and, and I can prove that really, that, that was not me logging into my account. So, so we, you know, there's a banking fraud department uh, outside th that sits uh, in the, around Central Bank. I mean, it's a dis direct, uh, DCI, uh, Director of Criminal Investigation Department, but uh, it works with the Central Bank to investigate banking fraud uh, in the banks. So what will normally happen is that uh, if you have an issue, you raise it with the bank. Most banks or some banks will in uh, investigate and find that this transaction was being done in Minnesota in the U.S. And, you know, especially for banks that have a two-factor authentication, if it required an SMS and your phone was in Kenya and no SMS was done and you know they'll do an investigation if they if they find sorry if they find that that the money was wiped by somebody who hacked into the system 
then of course the bank have are bound to to refund. So how, how long does it take? Look at it this way. Maybe I have I have 10k in my account. That's the only money I have. It's been wiped out. I have no other. So so how, how long will I will I need to wait for this process to go until I get my money? Do do, do is is there an average or is just is it a case by case uh, issue? Ideally it's, it's case by case basis. You can imagine if banks uh, responded to every claim positively within a short time, then obviously it would be a, a clean way of people skimming money from the banks by you know uh, engineering theft from their own accounts and then reporting. So banks have to do investigations. Sometimes they are very hard because you know the IT footprint can lead you to uh, the middle of nowhere and, and you know uh, averagely i mean i'll give a bank 30 days 30 to 30 to 60 days on the okay. higher side okay now let's make this clear somebody um, has realized there's been fraud uh, on their account just take a step by step uh, i mean i know you've mentioned the fraud etc just take a step by step what this person needs to do i have i've checked it i've checked into my account I, i've seen it's been uh, wiped clean what do i do the first thing obviously is to notify their bank immediately um, and then it's advisable not to do other transactions on the on, on the online platform so inform the bank immediately and then obviously change your passwords you need to change your passwords possible advise the bank to stop the ability to, for your account to transact online and and then i mean obviously then wait if the bank or ideally banks normally assist you to go and report to the police or to the banking fraud department if they don't do it then of course you have the right to go to the bank fraud department to report there's this crime that's called skimming. Let's say you're in Amkahawa, then somebody, they copy your card. I mean, is, is, is it something that really happens or, or, or is it tales that uh, there are devices that somebody can copy, uh, can copy details from your card and use it, transact here and there? Of course, I know that is, uh, I was, you know, last time I traveled to South Africa, that's the first thing you are told at the airport. Make sure you don't use your cards recklessly. And I mean, of course, it, uh, card reading uh, machines exist. And that's why it's advisable for you as a customer to ensure that uh, you enter your PDQ at the point where you are seated. And don't give out your card to go for the person to walk away with. And then two, ensure that when you are filling in the forms for online or mobile banking or card banking you tick on sms because that message then notifies you if there are two transactions on the same card you will know immediately for instance two card two messages that is some are not your own messages but people make make a mistake and they don't tick that and of course you will never tell when the, your card is being robbed you know you know like during these covid times eh, there are a lot of people shopping online here there i mean people are paying for their uh, shopping from the supermarket all this and they're using banking cards or banking details what 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 really do you think are some of the safety how, how really do you do you protect yourself in this environment i know you've talked about uh, having an sms uh, um, notification if your card or your or some transaction has been uh, done through your bank account but this online people pay for netflix uh, people on uber people all these w what really will you advise do we go back to paper system uh, do we use mpesa or wh what is the kind of safest kind of protocols people should adopt i will suggest two one is to try and go only to websites that are uh, secure you ca you could actually use for instance i use uh, my my Kaspersky, which is antivirus has a payment whenever you click onto a bank payment it automatically goes to the kaspersky then of course it doesn't do the tracking of what you are doing online and number two i would advise people to ensure that the cards they are using for online shopping for instance i would advise you to have 
an account where you check in your normal online shopping. Don't uh, use your card for the account where you have 100 million shillings to do online shopping. I would suggest that you have a small account where you, you that card is the one that uses online shopping so that if you, your credentials are stolen, you are not losing a lot of money on that card. That's what I do as a, a, a okay. personal great, great, great advice there from uh, Wakili Makanda. Why is it that some banks are, I mean, uh, we, we find that these challenges are uh, with some banks and uh, not others. I mean, when you go to social media, there are banks that are trending at some point uh, having these challenges to do uh, with their cyber security. I mean, there's, uh, there's talk out there that there are banks with serious challenges in, in relation to their cyber security. In your analysis, I mean, working in this sector, what do you think could be the challenge with these uh, specific banks? Twofold. One, obviously, is tough. And um, where the banks have staff that are not honest and they don't do a lot to ensure that they get staff that are honest, Obviously, there will be theft of identities or sharing of information with the potential hackers and all that. But two, and more importantly, is investment in robust systems. You know, banks, just like any businesses, want to save. And you will find that uh, most of the bigger banks you know, and some smaller banks have invested quite a lot on security, uh, cyber security. You will hardly ever hear of complaints about them online and regarding, regarding to uh, fraud and online theft. But some banks obviously are handling the issues a bit more casually. So they haven't invested in the best uh, security systems. And that basically means that anybody can hack into into the into your account. And I mean, a good example is I have like about a few a few accounts. Some of my accounts, it's a must. I have to change my password every three weeks or so. Some banks, there's a bank, actually one bank that I, I've had an, a password for the last four years. I mean, because... Because I'm, you know, if I, human beings are normally lazy, if you don't prompt them to change their passwords, it's hard they'll ever change because they want a password they remember. I have never had to change my password. There is a bank, I know that if you change your SIM card from your phone and you put in a new SIM card, you will not access their app unless one of the big banks unless you go to the bank itself and they register that SIM card afresh. So, you know, you can tell there are different security levels, two-factor authentication. A few of the banks uh, have two-factor authentication. Some banks, you know, you log in, you enter your password, and voila, you tra can transfer your money. There are banks, an international one that I have, I bank with, that has actually a physical token. So you press, the number comes out, you, you must enter the number. If you don't have the physical token, you can't do a transaction on their system. And why do banks always deny that uh, they have these challenges? Reputation. Reputation, because you know, banks always fear a run on the bank. Because a run on the bank means that the bank will not be able to honor their obligations, and the banks will collapse. So it's just about reputation. If you heard that this person that takes care of your money is constantly being robbed, obviously you will move your money. So that's the concern. All right, and and now this, I mean, there are cases we we hear there are fraudsters who've been arrested and charged, but these cases go nowhere. Why? Why? Why is this? I mean, we hardly find. I mean, it's, it's rare to, to hear that uh, one of these big frauds that somebody has been uh, charged and convicted. Um, is it a problem with our prosecution system? Is it the lawyers? Um, who really is the, the problem I'll, here? I'll blame it on two things. The investigator and two, the complainant. So the investigator in this case is, is, is the police or the banking fraud department. Sometimes, you know, banks, do, you know, it, 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 banks, it, the investigation department doesn't have the capacity to track the transactions because most of these frauds uh, might Money goes into country. Money goes into accounts where countries, to uh, countries where accounts are private, you know, uh, and where uh, once the money goes there, it's a one-way ticket. You cannot, they can't share information about the accounts. Number two, banks, you know, fear to share information. Uh, they fear to allow people into their system to do investigations. So they are without that, without that information, 
and, and you know there's you cannot sustain a prosecution in court and then three obviously you know that banks do not want to be known in public that uh, they have a lot of fraud cases so most of the time what they do is they run to the insurance companies who are more than happy to pay because the banks pay huge premiums for all the insurance they do and that case dies there so people know that if i steal from the bank it's a one-way ticket to richness just as a parting shot what is your advice on banks and customers in terms of uh, their cyber security protocols yeah so one to banks obviously I, I will advise them to ensure that the staff that they have internally are staff that are, have been properly vetted to handle the IT systems number two I will advise them to ensure that uh, they where they outsource because a lot of these things are outsourced do they have control over the department over the companies that they have outsourced their some of the IT functions too so that bit must be properly whatever vetted and ensure you know I've seen a lot of banks here even for the most mundane things they outsource them to companies mostly in india i mean you have laws that apply to the contracts that they are signing are laws you know in india i've seen some in uk you know if if somebody is coming to provide you a service in kenya why are you accepting for them for you to uh, you know follow this the, the legal regimes in a country where you have no lawyers you have no presence you have no way of enforcing you know it's very hard to enforce so ensure that your outsourcing agreements are properly reviewed by in-house counsel by external counsel who are competent obviously you know sometimes you know also banks assume that every advocate you know on their panel understands <laughs> banking security and it you know i mean come on we went to law school Allah. No, no, no. I mean, you know, ju- ju- you know, ju- just like a doctor, I do not assume, I, I can't assume that every doctor can be a gynecologist and all that. So lawyers are the same. You know, it's good to try and find out in the market who is this lawyer who can handle this. For customers, I would advise that um, I had said about ensuring that are, your trading accounts online don't have a lot of money. The accounts that are, have your savings, do not. you cannot access them online. You, you leave them for huge transactions to ensure that if there's a two-factor authentication, you confirm that the message has come. If it has not come, you know, most likely there's a problem. And you report to the bank and say, I did a shopping in this place. I didn't get my message. Number three, please, if possible, avoid sharing your credentials with the people you call, people you love. Because, you know, <laughs> that, is, that, that is always a problem. And then report, report, report. Anytime you notice something, let the bank know you as a person who likes whining. But report anytime you see something that's suspicious. Because this is your money. It, it's your life saving, obviously. Thank you very much. Uh, that is Wakili Okale Makanda, an advocate of the High Court of Kenya, a banking expert and senior partner at uh, MNO. Folks, that's it for this week. For any comments, you may reach me on Twitter at OLEZ, Facebook Ole Laibuta, LinkedIn Mugambi Laibuta, or my email mugambi at laibuta.com. That's all for today. Thank you for listening. Until next time, Kwaheri. <laughs>